we're back in play. Frank, Real Talk is here. We're, we're like careering towards the Christmas break. I don't know how many more episodes we have this, uh, this year. Maybe only a couple left. Yes, maybe there's only one or two left. That's right. But for now, we owe everybody part two of <laughs> executive presence. It would be very mean of us to just talk about the first half. Well, and it was it was interesting, wasn't it, to see the engagement that, that people had on those first threes and really starting to kind of think about actually, is it something that is natural to people? Is it for everyone? A couple of people commenting on, you know, where does the executive element fit in? But yes. I think it would only be fair that last time we looked at confidence, connecting, and competence. And this week, let's focus on the external impact, how it relates to the impact we have on people, and think of the other three Cs, which are charisma, communication, and, and credibility. And actually, I'd like to throw a question out at you, because All right. you Shoot. spent a decade leading teams. You spent a decade not just leading teams, but leading cross-country, cross-cultural teams. And so credibility and brand would have been something that was very important. So, you know, credibility, communication, charisma. I want to start with credibility and just throw at you, you know, this, this idea of credibility. Does it really start the moment you walk in the room or do you have a chance to build it over time? How do you see the fourth C, credibility? Yeah, credibility is something for sure that needs time to build. There's nothing you can't decide to be credible. You can't decide to have reputation, you know, from one day to the next. It is just the sum of uh, things that people have observed you do or say or behave like over time. So... In, in, in a positive way, hopefully, that's then the credibility or the, the positive reputation that you earn over time. It gives people confidence in that you are the right one for you know, a particular project, for trusting them with something that's difficult for you, for whatever you know, credibility, what re reputation you have. Somebody for the, would trust you, for example, as, who somebody, as somebody who has built a reputation for being a great salesman who is closing always the biggest deals. That's your, your, your reputation. People will have faith that you can do it the next time also. And for example, and there's so many things you gain credibility on and build reputation on that uh, these are just a few examples. But this takes time, right? Would you agree? There's nothing you can, you can even rush it. No. But not even possible to rush it. It's impossible to rush it because you actually have to be able to prove you can do what you say you can do. Yes, <laughs> you know exactly. I, I, we'll both know from observing many CVs and letters of inquiry over the years, a lot of people, you know, build out those CVs. Some of it is is a little bit of fiction. They're they're upselling themselves, which is fine. It's fair but it can be exposed if there isn't that credibility. And I think, you know, when we look at both work and we look at even personal relationships, credibility for me is, is one of those underlying factors that if we don't spend time working on it, you've already referenced the word trust. 
I think it makes it almost impossible to trust. So if I'm going to influence and have impact on you, you need to trust I can do that. And one of the first foundations for me of trust, we've talked about that before as well, is, is having the credibility, having that personal brand that says you can do what you say you can do. Precisely. This is a very good summary of, of credibility. So you can't rush this, but you need to keep an eye on it. As we're talking about maybe somebody wanting to, or hopefully somebody wanting to over time develop this executive presence, you, you need to be, become very aware that your, your actions or your, the integrity that you were just describing with doing what you said you would do and then you know, also behaving in, this, in the way that uh, you said you would behave and all these kind of things, uh, that they build your credibility over time. You can't, you can't um, self-sabotage yourself in this area. You can be as confident as you want, as connecting as you want. You have the, all the confidence in the world. But if you're not building credibility through this over time, you will probably fail to develop this, this presence that we think people can develop because you're missing a very um, important element for you to make an impact on the external world around you. And, and you know, Frank, even to what you said there, ultimately, people make decisions quite quickly on that credibility. You know, we can check these days. We can track you through LinkedIn, do a little Google search on you. We can, you know, check your social media, that credibility. And I know from my own experience in talking to young people when I work as a, as a therapist, credibility, you know, 17, 18 year olds looking for jobs and they need to be mindful of, you know, how open their social media is because that's also part of our personal brand is what we put out there. And, you know, you and I play with LinkedIn and sometimes with Twitter, and it's important that there's an alignment, there's a congruence between how we are when we meet people and also how we are when we post and produce on LinkedIn. If I'm reading one of your posts, I wanna get the same Frank as I get when I meet you. And it, if I don't, it has an immediate impact on your credibility. Right, and it's hard to repair. Maybe you don't even get the chance uh, right. to repair it. So I mean, it's having this very congruent uh, image of how you portray yourself and how others are seeing you, um, that's perfect. But if they, they divert too much, they have a very hard time with the credibility. Uh, even more, I think, today in the what, what I call, or not I call it, but it's called the cancel culture uh that we live in you put one step on the wrong side uh as somebody else perceives it and you're cancelled your your brand and your reputation is broken in in one tweet yes it can happen very quickly that's true so being mindful about that is important also you know it's nice i, I think i want to just say one thing about uh um the social media in this in this case whether it's facebook or it's linkedin or anything else is i think being conscious about that, what I put out there that is linked to me mm. um, is inviting other people to th think about me in a certain way. Right. So if I'd be, uh, you know, having lots of pictures posted about me being uh, wasted, you know, at parties and so on, I invite people to think about me in a certain way. Even if those 10 photos that are posted are from like, they're like once a year. 
yeah, 2006. <laughs> but I am inviting people to think about me in a certain way, and it gives me a credibility or a reputation, excuse me, uh, a reputation that is not favorable, although the perception might be wrong. But, you know, being conscious about that, what is it that you invite other people to believe about you is an important, a very important uh, part in this. I love that. I think that's a great uh, endpoint on credibility. Listen, let's, un let's unpick the fifth C. Yes. Because I think there's, this is one of the more challenging ones because it's charisma. And the reason I think it's challenging is I think charisma sometimes gets a bad press because a lot of people have charisma, but it doesn't always mean you have substance. And charisma here, what we're really talking about is, do you have that energy that invites people to want to be around you your first post talked about, you know, when that person walks in the room and everyone turns. So do you have that energy? Do you give that energy off when you stand up, when you walk through the room? Do you have that attitude that invites people to want to share with you, to challenge you, to engage with you in a positive way, debate as well? But do you have that gravitas where what they feel is coming from you is full of integrity. So I see charisma as attitude, energy, and gravitas. And I wonder what your view is when you see this word charisma, how do you get the balance right to make sure you still remain humble and not some egomaniac who's very smooth and you know, the phrase is like the snake oiled salesperson who's a little bit too smooth and therefore you don't trust them. I think it's a tight balance. Yes, and so I'm convinced this is of all of the six C's, this is the hardest one um, to achieve. Hmm. For, so I, yes, I, I stand to the statements. I think this is the hardest one. Right. Because one of the words that you mentioned, one of the attributes that you mentioned uh, with attitude, attitude has a lot to do um, with yourself and your view of the world and the people around you, this, this, I'm sure this is something that actually forms your, your, your attitude and how much of that you let out as a personal decision. But if you let it out, you'll show people how you really are, are built. Yeah. What's the, how do you think about um, the, the world around you? How do you think about the people you work with? Um, what, uh, personality do you have what characteristics and traits you uh, foster and you know this is a lot of about you comes out through your attitude and so it's not so easy to acquire for example presentation skills probably you know is, is another aspect but it's it this is a lot harder so I would say the key element in these that you mentioned uh, between attitude energy and gravitas is the attitude. The attitude will allow you, if it's well-constructed, if it's based on healthy values, mm. if it's based on, you know, maybe convictions that you have, sorry, your intent uh, that you have about a certain thing, um, that will allow you to, to put out the energy that you need to be infectious 
with your idea and with your attitude for a room full of people. And this will also allow you to speak and present yourself with the gravitas. I think that's at the fundament of the charisma. And people who do not find that, you know, these, these attitudes and the way to express them, it's also combined with the self-esteem and the confidence we were talking about earlier in the other episode. Um, I think they will find it very hard to build this degree of charisma that in an executive presence, would, we would feel is required. But it feels when you say that, that there's somehow like a secret source to charisma. Because some people do have it, right? They walk in the room. I, I got to watch um, Bob Iger, the uh, president of uh, Walt Disney talk. Frank, he walked on stage and for an hour and a half, without a script, with a mic to his ear, he walked around the stage and he engaged every single person, all 500 people in that room. And it was just incredible to watch this pro at work. He had the attitude, the energy, the gravitas. I appreciate his position as president of Walt Disney is obviously, you know, huge. But he got that position, I think, because there's this element of when he walks in a room, he had this secret source. Is there a way we could help people who are, are watching this think about the ingredients that make up the secret source? Because I've always felt smiling, we've talked about smiling before, being that warm and engaging person, I genuinely plays a part in that charisma. When someone meets me, do they feel drawn to want to talk to me to start with? Or do I have one of those resting faces that makes people say, I'm gonna steer a little clear of Brad today. <laughs> yeah, I, let's talk about this. I, I don't have the full answer, but if I would try to discover it, I would start with that one of the building blocks uh, is confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can have, you, know, this, you can't be the Walt Disney president's behavior <laughs> on stage if you do not have the, you know, enough amount of confidence built into you, you know, trained you to have uh, over time as we were discussing last time. Uh, that is definitely, I think this is a definite component. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm sure you're right that there's an element of training. And I think for all of us, we need to develop that kind of self-awareness of ourselves, of, of how we come across, whether it's, you know, we're sitting in a team meeting how do we engage in a team meeting? What's, you know, what's our input to that team meeting? How do we engage when we walk in a room? I think of this idea of, you know, the theme tune. And what's my theme tune? Uh, because my theme tune plays to my charisma. What's that kind of feeling I give people when I walk in a room or I enter a virtual room? How do I make them feel? I think is a great question to start thinking about because to answer that, you've got to seek feedback. And, and for me, a lot of these, you know, when you're looking at competence, you get feedback. When you're looking at how you connect, there's immediate feedback. Even with your credibility, there's immediate feedback. Either people think you are or, or you have to prove it a little bit more. But with charisma, the only feedback you get is when you're live in the room and either they respond to you 
<laughs> or they don't. So I think we need to not just develop that confidence, but develop a deep layer of self-awareness, which gives us that understanding of how we're coming across to others when we're operating with them. And I feel that's another layer. That's great, actually, Brad. Thank you for saying it this way. I would have not, I have not, you know, phrased it in my head this way before, but you're right. So it's the self-awareness, but it's not a, I, I think you mean it's not a, uh, a one-time review of yourself. It's probably actually completely constant. Mm -hmm. So probably you have to constantly spend a couple of brain cycles on observing how is my environment responding to me if I am this way or that way. And, and I think you probably experiment with this a little bit as you grow up so until you discover you know, uh, how do you need to be right. to pull out that charisma when you need it. Correct. Because what we need to know is what's our natural volume <laughs> level. And then when do I need to turn that volume button up? And actually, when we start thinking about intercultural awareness, when do I need to turn that volume button down a little bit? Because when you take sort of, you know, the way the world is divided up in, in business, you know, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, the, the Americas, charisma looks different in each of those countries and, and is understood differently across the regions as well, right? I agree. This is a, it's very different the way it's been, it's been handled. Actually, I don't even know if I could pinpoint it so exactly. To be honest, it's a little bit... <laughs> because it is, this is very complex, Brad. So it's cultural, it's the individual person, it's the environment in which they act. And these are already three variables, so there is not a clear recipe on how to read this. I think you need to observe this from case to case somehow. Yeah, and this goes to your point from 10 minutes ago, which is why this is probably the most challenging one of the six C's yeah. to really develop because it requires constant trial and error, constant feedback, and constant analysis. Yeah, I will put out some uh, other element of the. I, I think it's an element. So because I was thinking about, you know, while you were speaking, a few images crossed my mind from the past and about people that I met that I believe had a lot of char charisma. And um, I have to say, I think one of the things that they, the, the people have in common that had a lot of gravitas and a lot of charisma was that they had a very clear, um, that they actually had character mm -hmm. and a profile. So none of them bothered about the fact that everybody would like them or agree with them. Right. They, had a, they have a character, they have a clear profile, they, have, they are very clear about what is acceptable for them, what's unacceptable. They, you know, this is, they're, they're, they're clear cut. Yeah. The ones that I know are clear cut. And I actually remember, it's one of my, my, my oldest friends, Lutz, if he's ever watching, hi Lutz. He was when he was uh, 17, 18, he was always the, the natural leader of a group, even of people who just came together. Right. And I was always fascinated by how does he, how does he actually do that? And Lutz was never somebody who was highly agreeable with everyone. You know, he actually had this character and that made other people <laughs> incredibly interested in, in being 
I don't know, acknowledged somehow by him. So they started to become followers in a way. Yeah. And I, I think I saw this pattern over time again and again with other people, even in the business environment. I think that's great because do you know what it highlights for me actually to go back even younger? Because if you take a group of 10 children under the age of 11 in the playground, all throwing their ideas in or what game shall we play? No one has a leadership position on their email signature at this age. But one or two have that level of charisma and energy and gravitas that makes all the other kids get drawn to them. The most creative, the most collaborative, the most innovative. And perhaps it goes to this point of that energy, attitude and gravitas. It's two way. It's not just coming from me but it means I'm giving something to you. I make you feel as though you want to be part of my group, my uh, topic, my discussion. I don't need to be right and I don't need to be wrong. I'm just gonna put it out there and people are drawn to be part of it. And yes. it's not just me, it's how I'm received. And I maybe that's, that's a, to be honest, maybe if I think about this again, maybe that's a, maybe it's not all of it, for you to develop a you know, positive charisma with a certain gravitas, but maybe it's, it's one of the things that you can really think about as you try to build it, is what do you actually stand for? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it goes back to other stuff we've talked about with purpose, right? The idea of our signature, because this leads to our credibility and our charisma, stuff we've talked about in other episodes, actually help build out some of these C's that we're talking about. But look, we've, we've touched on credibility, we've touched on charisma, and we've left to the end one that on paper looks the simplest, but perhaps creates some of the biggest challenges as well, communication. And here we're talking about your ability to really listen at a deep level, um, to have the right body language that engages with someone in a really positive way your ability to speak publicly uh, in an erudite way, in a convincing, persuasive way. Body language, active, deep listening, public speaking, this all goes to the point of, of how we communicate. I'm wondering when you experience people with great presence, what do you notice about their communication that's maybe linked to those elements or perhaps even adding some more to the menu. <laughs> I think they are aware and intentional about how they want to make somebody or a group of people feel mm -hmm. with their words, spoken or unspoken. And then that's, so it's, it's the awareness that they actually have that influence and then they are deliberate about how do they want to use communication, as I said, verbal or nonverbal, in order to make people feel in a particular way as we know that you know this is old saying everybody knows by now that you know people don't remember what you say but how they make them feel this is the impact piece isn't it right that's the impact piece and so the the way i make somebody feel with my body language including how i make them feel if i listen actively including how i make people feel if i speak in the words that i choose and the gestures that i make and so on. This is all, these are all elements of the communication designed 
to have an impact on the world around you, isn't it? I know you're right. It was Maya Angelou who, who said that. Um, and, and she's completely right. As someone who spent 25 years talking in workshops and uh, at conferences, I'm absolutely positive because I've received feedback from people who don't always remember the topic of the workshop they attended, but they remember the workshop, just not what we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> it goes to the point, right? The learning is momentary. How yeah. you make people feel, that's permanent. And it's quite hard to come back from if you don't make them feel right. So there are some rules of engagement there, right? You know, we have to be mindful of how we're making people feel. When we challenge, do we challenge gently? Do we challenge directly with a smile? Do we challenge outright with no care for how the other person might feel publicly? Do we challenge publicly or privately? Just in that one element. Right. So and each, of those, each of those is an art in itself, to be honest. It needs to be trained, whether that's the listening part or the active speaking or the, the body language. And each of those books have been written. Yeah, right. So, yeah. and uh, I think it's, it will be, unless you're a wunderkind, it would probably be very hard to be perfect in all three of those aspects uh, by the age of 20. I don't think this is, this is very rare. It's something that you build, uh, that you build over time, but it requires practicing. Why not tomorrow starting to spend a little bit of time looking at the body language that you usually have and just, you know, look at how am I coming across? Didn't we mention it last time also about filming yourself? Uh, and, you know, right, we did. And um, so I think this is, a, this is a good start. And from there, you can probably, you know, ask yourself, am I coming across in the way that I actually intended to? Yeah. Or is there a way for me to improve that so that the people around me can connect more easily with what I'm trying to express to them. It's so important. It's so important. I love the idea of filming. Um, years back, my nephew pointed out to me, Frank, we were watching a video of me um, talking, but without the sound. <laughs> and he says to me, you're like a music conductor. Your arms are everywhere. <laughs> And stop conducting the, the orchestra. <laughs> but it's such a good feedback. It's such a good feedback because actually as a gesture, it's a little bit overwhelming. And I don't think most of us do enough public speaking to notice maybe how we come across, what little nuances we put into our communication inflection or how often we lift our hand up or raise a finger or point at the audience. And the great speakers, the great public speakers, the great communicators, they are well-versed, well-practiced. Yes, I'm you sure know? they have their go-to gestures that they have practiced and over and over again. And then at one point it becomes very natural for them to use them even in a very spontaneous speech. Of course, right? But as you said, if you were to type in public speaking self-help books, onto Google right now, I think we'd get five and a half thousand hits straight away within 1.2 seconds that you could probably buy over the last just 10, 15 years. Yeah, and it's, 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 I think it's worth investing into learning about this, but you actually need to start asking yourself, 
um, how, how am I doing with this? You know, and, and what else is there to is there to improve? And to be honest, the same thing with uh, you know active listening. You know, you, you could start by just asking yourself, you know, when's when's the last time I have actually deployed genuine curiosity about what the other person had to say to me versus just waiting for them to stop so it's my turn to speak. Right. right? I'm laughing. I shouldn't laugh, right? But <laughs> most most people listen with the intent to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's just for, you know, they probably think in the head, I, I had this too, come on, I'm not perfect. I had this too, Some, sometimes from time to time and somebody, I really want to say something, I stopped actually listening. And it's just, uh, you know, in a, because I want to be friendly and let them finish, but I'm not listening anymore, you know? I just, yeah, just, you're you're working out now. when you're gonna speak. <laughs> yes, but I do hate when that happens. I try to not do it at all. And, uh, and with public speaking, it's the same thing. So. Um, even apart from body language, just on how can I, if, if for next time I maybe have to do a presentation, whether that's on Zoom or whether that's uh, live on a stage or it's in with your local uh, bowling club or whatever, whatever you do, is that you ask yourself, you know, how can I put a little bit more of myself into this so it's not just a lecture, but it's actually touching people? How, what am I saying? that it could allow them to connect with what I'm saying. I love that. Why not think about this a little? I love that. The idea of actually thinking about how do I put a bit more of me into this? Because what you're doing there is you're linking the communication piece with the credibility piece, with the confidence piece, and with the connection piece, which drives your charisma. You're actually touching five of the six C's there, because the talk itself might be competent, but without all the other elements, and, and let's be really clear, the whole point of the six C's is there isn't just one that you need. We need to be able to leverage or lean in, whichever is your favorite expression these days, into all of them. Great. They don't stand alone. On their own, they're great qualities, but together they create this level of presence that draws other people towards you. And that's how you have influence and that's how you create impact. That's it. Frank, I think it is, right? We've, we've worked through the six C's. I sense we let everybody have this on a real talk and we get their feedback and see what they think. I hope as much engagement as last week for part one. <laughs> Frank, until next time. All right. See you later. See you.